Hey up friends, how's it going? It's Marty listening to the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast, a show where I try and uncover the most interesting stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Hope you enjoy listening and thanks for tuning in. Yes, even that lad, and of course it was a lad, who left me a YouTube comment recently complaining about the length of my introductions on this free and ad-free podcast I put out into the world, even offering me some extremely over-familiar advice saying introduce the guest straight away and then begin the interview eh mate ah the entitled internet i'm sure long-term listeners of the podcast can imagine how that went down with me although those listeners will equally equally know how much i do delight in this type of complice slash unsolicited advice and i imagine any new listeners are slightly nervously listening to this and thinking he's not even mentioned the guest yet how long is this fucking intro going to be The answer to that is, as long as I feel like making it, to be honest, it is, after all, my rules, my podcast. But on the subject of this week's episode, I'm happy to report that this conversation with John Taylor, or Mad John Taylor, as he's often known, is an absolute throwback of an interview in the finest looking sideways tradition. If you liked my recent chat with Ben Powell, for example, and a lot of people did because that's the most popular episode of the year, you're going to love this one. For a start, it's face-to-face, which was extremely enjoyable and something I've missed more than I realised. And then there's the fact that it's just a riotous look at the life and times of one of the most beloved figures in UK action sports. It really is no exaggeration to say that John is a true living legend of the global BMX scene. Somebody who's been there, seen it, done it, and has the raucously entertaining anecdote to prove it. Now, if you're from the UK and you're not hugely familiar with the BMX scene, you might well have seen John on the BBC's coverage of BMX at the 2021 Tokyo Games, or is it 2020? I can never remember. Anyway, it was a couple of months ago. That was where John sat in alongside Ed Lee and provided peerless context to the mainstream audience. Now, I'm not going to go through John's CV because he does that in a far more entertaining manner than I'll be able to. But suffice to say, this is a truly glorious trip through John's life and times, which if you like me, you're probably going to enjoy very much indeed. Now, I know some long-term listeners have been pining for this type of conversation recently. I've had quite a few messages about this, and a friend of mine recently actually sat me down and said he's kind of, he's kind of stopped listening to the show because it had got a bit too woke and right on. And I was setting myself up way too much as a moral arbiter of the scene. And how come I wasn't doing any more interviews like the Jamie Thomas one anymore? I mean, it's a fair comment, to be honest. And it's certainly something that I've discussed previously in Housekeeping Corner and which I do receive quite a lot of correspondence about. I take it on board. And if that's your jam, then I think you're going to enjoy this one. So I'll be back at the end for Housekeeping Corner. In the meantime, here's me and John Taylor. Enjoy. It is funny, isn't it, how a lot of us have all ended up here in Brighton. I know. I find that amazing, like even just riding around town. All right, all right, all right. It is random. It is random. And mine, I mean, mine was really random. I mean, I ended up down there. When did I move down in? 99. And that was just with like Chris, Jono, who you know, obviously. Yeah. And all those boys. And that was just literally like... We're doing seasons where we're going to go for the summer. Let's go to Brighton. And <laughs> that was 1999. 
and and then obviously I mean I knew John, but I didn't I didn't know him that well. And then he was down here, obviously. Yeah. And then you know, and then you guys are here, and then there's yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it is it's quite really random, bad. isn't it? How yeah. did, what was your how did so, you end up here then? Basically, uh, I came here in two thousand and six. Moved down from the north, <laughs> and um, I looked at a few places. I looked at Hastings. Yeah, because um, it's a big contingent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where the the BMX mecca is. Is Hastings? Yeah, and um, I went there, and it was. For me, I've come from a town up north where there was nothing, yeah. literally nothing. There was no shops, no nothing f- to do. And when I came here, it was like all the lights had been switched on. Yeah, I was like, this is incredible. Like the seas here, the skate parks here. There's an amazing nightlife. There's food, every type of food you can think of. It's like it's London by the sea. I know yeah. everyone calls it. It's a cliche, but it really is no the culture like, thing down here is massive i mean yeah. and, and for me like when i spent the summer here i was i was like yeah i could definitely move here you know yeah. like it's got i mean i didn't really surf at the time so in hindsight that was that was an error because <laughs> because now like you know now that i do surf a lot it's, it's yeah it's shit um but yeah i mean like just like you say like just and the fact it's got that kind of liberal mindset as well yeah because you know obviously, I mean, where, where are you from up north uh, originally from Chester, so like it's in between Manchester and Liverpool. So I flipped between the two, really. Yeah. Of what what was going on, and then um, like I came here, and the first time I was riding along the seafront, I was here for a backyard jam, and someone was like, "Wow, that's a cool bike. What's that?" Had no no idea about BMX, and just was like, "Hey, that's a cool bike. What's that?" And like where I was from, they were like, "What's this idiot doing on this bike? Get off the road. Do, do this. Do that." And you're just like, "Wow, this place is cool. Like it just suddenly." attracted me to it you know like and then when obviously when me and emma were looking at places to live down here um brighton for both of us was a was the draw straight away emma loves the seas and she's got me more and more into you know going out into the sea and like like we were just saying before is like over lockdown that was the savior having that out there yeah like literally walk across the street and you're like i mean this is a hell of a spot that you've got i mean so i'll set i'll set the scene we're in john's <laughs> flat um just off ho seafront and it is like it's because this is like one of those beautiful regency buildings you've got the sea view it's bang in the middle like it because yeah, you were saying yeah. you were saying that you like got it when you moved there yeah and you were like i oh, will just stay for a few years but i can see why you've stayed because it's a hell of a spot yeah and it's what you look at out that window is what's kept us here it's, yeah it's just like you just can't replicate that. We've been been and looked at a number of different places and it, it just hasn't got the same vibe. And for us, we can walk up the road, we can eat whatever we want. Yeah. Uh go to the cinema. Yeah. There's usually music playing that Yeah, well you two are so yeah, so into ex- exactly. music. And you? with Emma's connections, we can pretty much go and yeah. see whoever we want to see yeah. if they're playing down the road. Emma will give them a call. Oh, you're playing at the the dome or the Brighton Centre or whatever. Yeah, yeah come along and you can't beat it literally we're walking i don't know half a mile and we're watching whatever bands playing that yeah i know it's it it, i mean it's you plugged in yeah it is it is and like i say as a kid i I literally there was nothing so did you so like that let let me get the fuck out of my hometown (laughs) thing because i think how old are you 
I'm 38. 48, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say 38, 48. So, yeah. I, so we're pretty much the same age. Yeah. And I'm from the Northwest as well. And like, I think for our generation, like it was pretty different back then, wasn't it? Like it, what, it, you wanted to leave really. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to leave. And yeah. I think now when I go back up, back home, it is, it's actually kind of all right, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's different. Like there's, yeah. There's, yeah. there's more, yeah. it's kind of more like what we're talking about down here. But like for me, I just could not wait to leave. And same snowboarding at the time and was was a pretty handy way of doing that. I mean, I went to college, yeah. so that was like the, the main way that I kind of left left home. But as soon as I could, I was like, I'm just gonna go away. So was was that That's exactly the same. For, exactly so same, for B it was BMX that kind of yeah, thing for you then? Hundred percent. And it's it's like there's a lot of people, like I say, is we were very lucky to find them sports. Yeah. You know, like... Especially, again... Snowboarding, it, it, skating. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't straightforward, was it? Nah. And, like, I'd see a magazine. Like, that was a chore. You'd have to go... To get a magazine was a mission. Like, you'd have to go and ride, like, four miles to get the magazine, come back, and I'll be studying it. I'll be studying... Like, I guess, like, kids do study social media nowadays, you know, like, Instagram or whatever. I would get that magazine. I would read it back to front, you know, like... You just got to keep it like sorry. in front. Sorry, right, yeah. sorry. And, um, I, I'll, I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would literally read it back to front and study the places, and I'd see all the stuff in London, and and, and just think, oh my god, that is incredible. Yeah. And then I'd start. I started going on trips. Started, you know, getting out and seeing people, meeting like-minded people, and you're like, you go back home, and you're like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? And then like you know it evolves you start going on trips you stay for longer on the trip yeah you go to london you stay for longer instead of it being a weekend you stay for a week yeah then that week rolls over into two weeks and then oh where are you going next you you go back home earn some money then go and then it's and then it starts doesn't it that's exactly. and, that, and that's how that's how you kind of start realizing there's a bigger world out there but chester's yeah. an interesting one because there's actually a bit of money in chester isn't there yeah. but also it still has that again late 80s early 90s like it still had that kind of two worlds thing going on didn't it you yeah know, this like, is england <laughs> yeah exactly like yeah there's money and there's you know there's like it's always had that kind of hollyoaks vibe hasn't it but at the same <laughs> yeah. time yeah like culturally if if you were at that age like a kid and looking for something different it was quite and you went into football or whatever it was quite hard to find wasn't it so it how was did, really hard to find so how yeah. did you what what where did it where did you first see it like where did uh, you for me Manchester was the first time, Ardwick Centre, uh, and then there was Warrington. Warrington was skate skateboarding. My, I was lucky. My mum worked in Warrington, and uh, her office was right next door to the roller rink that was the Warrington Burt Ramp, which I'm sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a little bit bef before my time, but I do yeah. remember it because yeah. there's, there's, there's loads of like skate nostalgia instas and stuff yeah. and there's quite a lot of stuff that keeps popping up from there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So obviously that opened my eyes to a whole new thing. Um, so skating was my thing. I obviously sh saw Sean Garth and, and Dossett and all that, yeah. these people skating. I was just in awe of it. And then um, I was going there all the time. And then lo and behold, this farmer guy by my house decided, right, I'm going to build a half pipe. Right. He's for his kids or whatever. But he was a crazy right. inventor. One of them. Yeah. One of crazy them random. Inventor. Yeah. And uh, he he's, pretty much the instigator of the whole change right so he built the half pipe in a barn 
uh, and for the village fate, he got Dossett, Danzy, no all way. them to do a demo, and then like, yeah, that they wow. came down. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. That's unbelievable. massive, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the time, that was unreal. And, and then, and, and I imagine for that little community as well like about you know you're all fucking minds are blown like <laughs> Mate, seriously mine was totally blown and, yeah. it, and it was just like they were all super cool and it was like how you imagine that they would be yeah i know you know you know I'm, you know i'm preaching to the converted but but basically like when you read their magazines you wanted them to be cool you wanted yeah, everyone yeah. to be and well, they were I, and it was that welcoming yeah it was and it was and sort of tribal in a good way wasn't it yeah 100 percent. and yeah. it was like all, all the skaters and the, and the bmx's that got on like andy evans a filmer that time i i'd met he lives literally yeah he's done yeah 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 two streets over yeah, from us yeah. now and it, it's just like we always talk about it it's like how the world has evolved and that yeah. we've ended up you know like it is amazing that that come from a little field in cheshire yeah <laughs> like that, now. What a hero though, like the, the the this random farmer, yeah, just like, doing that because yeah. that was a big part of the scene back then, wasn't it? You needed them little, little kind of because because I, I remember like we just skated street because like we had yep. um, I guess it was Goshen which we used to go to a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but even then, it was a bit of a mission for us as kids. I remember once getting the train to Shrewsbury just because there was uh, that mini there. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, and yeah. All, all just like heading down yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Did you go to that Buster Holtman demo? Uh, I can't remember what team it was, but that was another one for me that was where I'd met a lot of people. Right. No, I didn't go to that. Um, that was that was unbelievable. And then, um, yeah, I just started going to all these and then my skateboard broke. I ended up, I had a bike to get around on, a BMX bike to get around, as a, every 80s kid did. Yeah. Um, I ended up riding the ramps and then, um, yeah, Eric Steele, like a guy from London, moved to Chester. And then, like, I was just, he would just go, oh, there's a contest here, there's a contest there. And then we ended up, I'd go with him or or he'd show me where it is. and Right. And then again, that's it. It opens your eyes to new places. Yeah. Like, my mom and dad were like, where the is he going now <laughs> you know like yeah yeah you go to alfreton where is that yeah like, yeah there's a ramp there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they were like, what is he doing but you know it, it, they saw i was into something and yeah support it 100 percent. so i was fortunate but you know yourself you know for coming from up north we definitely had to try a lot, little bit harder for for everything to get you know it, it installed so much a work ethic that we probably still have to this day. I yeah, know for myself. Well, Look you, at yourself. You yeah. Know, like. Well, you, I mean, you had you had to really want to do it, didn't yeah. you? You know, yeah. you had to really make your own scene, really. Yeah. Like you, I mean, I know, and it's the biggest cliche in the world, all that like DIY stuff, but it is true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you had to, you yeah. had to kind of do it. I mean, that and that was like when I met all my mates that I'm still friends with today through snowboarding yeah through going up to like Rosendale and dry slope in like you know 1991 or whatever um and that was what I remember like really impressed me because they were all a bit older than me yeah and they were just doing it you know they were building ramps they were like they were basically creating that they'd made it happen yeah it, that like yeah. they the scene only was there because they made it a thing yeah you know yeah. no and no that, no 100 and I was I remember being like all oh, right you can just do that you know yeah. you don't need to you yeah. don't need to sort of worry about finding it you just make it up 
And it, and it's funny because we again we'd all go to Goshen. Did you know they'd have that at that time there would be BMX and skating. Yeah. It? We'd go to Goshen, see everybody, and they'd talk about Rosendale and they'd talk about Sheffield Dry Slope. Yeah. And it was like that was it. We were all all into that culture. Well, the other funny thing now, you know, you talked about the fact that loads of us ended up on the south coast particularly around brighton the other thing that i always find quite funny when i have a chat like this is how many because we were probably in the same places a lot yeah, back then that we just yeah. didn't even really realize yeah. and you, you'll have conversations like oh yeah right you know it's all <laughs> it, it, like one degree of sort of separation isn't it 100 percent, yeah so when did you start because i'm really interested in the kind of story of how you made it into a proper career really because you and and you took from what i know about it and you know, you you know me. My BMX knowledge yeah. is not up there with the rest of them. But from what I know about it, like you, you took a few. You know, you just again, you made it happen. You took a few risks. You made a few yeah. decisions. You sort of put yourself out there. Is that is that? Yeah, that's of... that. Yeah, that's a good example. It's it's basically there was a lot of risk taking, and <laughs> it's so funny. Like I just remember my mum's voice. She would just be like, "You're doing what? Right? You're going where? <laughs> what?" Have you got any money? Uh, yeah, kind of. What did they think of it then? They just thought it was crazy. They did... just thought, what is he doing? Right. And like, um, so yeah, but basic, basically, I would I would just do whatever it took every weekend to either go to Sheffield to the street jams that they had there. Because again, it was like very, very um, interlinked, you know, prior internet or any of this yeah we all kind of seemed to know what we were doing yeah and it was like you would always meet at the right time there was always them laggers that would always be like yeah yeah, yeah. but you, you just learn to adapt to it don't yeah. you you know like and you just like we learned to hustle you know like yeah. it literally was installing hustle from such a young age to make make it happen so you, yeah so basically you go to sheffield and then you go to chingford or there'd be scotland but that was the beauty of being in the northwest is it was only four hours to scotland yeah equally it was only four hours to go to london or hastings or or either so we could we could cover a lot of ground we were covering a lot of ground which you did yourself yeah but yeah the hustle became real didn't it and then and then as as time went on my first trip to america uh i went there and i came back and i was like damn we got we got a build about skate park We've got, we've got to do something. Because <laughs> what they got out there is just outrageous. Yeah. And... Um, so where was your first trip? When did you go? Uh, so, what would it be? I went with Ian Morris and we went... That was such an adventure. We went to Oklahoma. We right. We went to Hoffman's BS contest. Yeah. Which is, which is quite a mad thing to do. And was that just like you just decided... Yeah, you yeah, just thought yeah. you just like Matt yeah. Hoffman... Yeah, Matt Hoffman's he's, having a contest. He's got going. a comp. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally I mean, was that's, that. That's in Oklahoma. Pretty punchy though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And like, you, you kind of like. <laughs> again, my parents were like, "You are nuts," but they, you know, we went for it. Me and Ian, we went there, and it was incredible. Yeah, I bet. Incredible. I met so many people, and had such an amazing time. Opened up my eyes to people's riding and yeah. abilities and. They were all doing the same thing, but in America, you yeah. know, like, and um, yeah, that 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 was insane. And and again, it helped me, you know, hook me up. I got, I got Airwalk shoes, and I was like, oh my god, look at this! <laughs> yeah, free shoes. This is insane. I've, I've made it. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah yeah literally literally thought wow this is incredible so we and then we went back to california and we flew flew back home and i was just like this is for me yeah whatever it takes i'm doing this and um yeah and what what did they make of the 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 random brits that had turned up then but they loved it and and matt loved it you know like he let us stay at his skate park. We were just sleeping outdoors or sleeping yeah. in the warehouse. Or we what a legend. Just, yeah. The dude, it, his hustle's been real from day one. Yeah, yeah, you know, no like, doubt, yeah. Like, he, he is... And that trip was the first time the big air thing was... Um, I'd seen it. It was at Spitfields Market in London, and he showed me a photo. And it was just as Photoshop was coming in. And it right. was like... <laughs> I was like, Matt, that doesn't look real. Right. And he was like, no, nah, it's real, man. And I was like, no way, it can't, it can't be real. It can't be, look. He's like 20 feet in the air. There's no way that's real. Anyway, we go to that contest and yeah, that's real. Yeah. So that you were, quarter so, pipe was so real. So you so you were like, right, we've got to, got to sort our game out. Yeah, li- literally, yeah. And um, I was so lucky because in Chester, there was this guy called Dave Tanswell who looks after the castle in Tattenhall. And he was like, I've got a warehouse and I want to build a little skate park type thing in it. Would you be involved with it? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. You know, like... What, in Tatton Park? In Tatton Hall. It's like this tiny little village. Right. It's, it's just like, outside Chester. Okay. Yeah, I, it's very similar. Yeah. Tatton Hall and Tatton... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, fuck, I didn't know about that. <laughs> well, yeah, because so many people went to Tatton Park right, yeah. thinking that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, so it was this like... It's a part of Peckforton Castle and it, it was the grounds to it. Right. And he had some old warehouse in there and we brushed it out, cleaned it up. And we built some ramps in there and it they were kind of sketchy and we kind of made it work. But then a lot of people turned up for it and we were doing it. Right. And at, at this point, Owen Clegg is just like this and Ali Witt and they're just kids. Right. Like real young kids. And then um, Jamie, his older brother, is the same age as me. So he was like helping out and doing stuff. And he was mates with Rowley and he had a mini ramp in there. They had a mini ramp in their back garden in right. Chester where Rowley would be at. Again, it's all linked. Yeah. All linked to I mean, the it's only like 10 miles, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and he was, he, he really knew what he was doing when it come to building ramps. Right. And um, yeah, he was like, yeah, let's, let's build something amazing. And he did. And like, we talked about big jump box. And at the time we built this jump box in the, in the boneyard and it was, this thing was big for then. Yeah. Because I've been to America and the boxes were huge. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's the same as snowboarding. You, you go there and you're like, we got to build bigger jumps. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, You well, you need that to, to fuel the progress, don't you? Yeah. To see where the standard is. And it's funny, isn't it? Because back on that theme about, like, what it was like back then, obviously now it's rammed down your throat, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, I remember, like... I remember seeing the questionable video, the plan B video, which I think for people, skaters like my age is like still such a like a significant thing. Yeah. And because you didn't, cause like you, like you're saying, you only saw it through the mags or whatever. I remember watching that video and being like, almost like, how is that even possible? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like what it, I mean, it literally blew my mind because I was like, I, I, we just never even conceptualized that you could do that on a skateboard because, because we're not there. You know, so you need yeah. the, you need that input, don't you? To like, to sort of, Ma- mass- to raise the bar and to, to give you the impetus to sort yeah, of keep progressing. Yeah, and, and like, then as well, the magazines were the main thing that was all the time. 
but when a video came out, it was something else, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was, it was an event. Like, it was a proper yeah, event. Huge, huge. Yeah. And I remember ska- skateboarding ones, video days. Well, I remember Ride Like a Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? And, 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 you know, I wasn't, I was never into BMX, no. but that got passed around. Yeah. You know, because it had the backflip at the start and everyone was like, check this out. Have you fucking seen this? <laughs> you know, everyone yeah. was like, what the fuck? Like, there's a yeah. guy on a BMX doing a backflip on a half pipe. Like, what? Yeah. You know? And when Matt did a video, everything stopped. Yeah. Because I remember when Matt dropped a video, everyone will be, because at that point, Matt was so far ahead of everyone else. There was no one even in his stratosphere. Well, he was probably like about one of the first kind of, you know, crossover guys really, wasn't he? As in like yeah. his, he became the first idea of what that sort of like, you know, action sports guy yeah. could be. Like Tony Hawk, but in BMX. Even back then though, I think, I might be misremembering this, but I almost think he was kind of bigger at that point. Like, I, do you know what I mean? Like he had, yeah. he had that, he, he was like he, he was so legendary yeah. you know because of like the injuries and because of the stunts everything you know yeah. like he he was definitely one of those ones that transcended bmx very yeah. early on didn't he yeah you know yeah and to see it actually happen with my own eyes was something else honestly honestly to even to this day i don't think i've ever saw anything as crazy as that time when we were at his place and he hit that big quarter pipe yeah well, bear in mind, the biggest quarter pipe at that point was 11 foot, right? Yeah. And that, at that point, that seemed huge. <laughs> 11 foot ver ramp seemed big. Yeah. He was hitting a ramp that was 21 foot tall. So it was instantly double the size of yeah. it. And he was going so high. And I was like, oh my, this is, <laughs> this is bananas. Like, let alone crazy. This is next level nuts. Because... Like they were pulling him in on the motorbike yeah. at that huge quarter pipe. And I was sat on the deck going, Matt, this is so <laughs> crazy. So crazy. And he was like, because obviously he, he's just seen photos of it. And he, he was like, he was buzzing on all of us yeah. going, is it as crazy as I think it, it, it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it most definitely is. And it, it was, and he wanted us to session it with him. But, there was not one of us that was willing to test <laughs> that thing. Because he was like, come on, come on, you just hit it. And we were like, no, you're right, mate. <laughs> nah, nah. And like, bear in mind, at this time, there was Miron, Mira, all the big dogs were there. Yeah. Every, every, all of them guys, yeah. not one of them would even step to the plate. And they, they were by no means shabby when it came to big ramps. You know, yeah, they, they or, could, or scared. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like... Everyone was in awe of it that day. It yeah. was just like, this is crazy. And I, I think, again, that that was one of the, all these little droplets of madness of of what's been sewed into my brain of of what is possible and what you can do, you know? like Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, so at this point, this is when you started to kind of get, I'm going to use inverted commas, you know what I mean? Like yeah, back yeah, then, yeah. like the career kind of thing. Like you yeah, start- no, no, de- most definitely. That, that had started then because... I came back, got on GT, which in turn then meant um, bigger sponsorships. Yeah. You know, shoe deals were offered. Um, so riding for GT meant a big, big step. Yeah. Because that was my first time of getting salary. Yeah. And then which that- is a, which is mad. I mean, it's you must have been because were, were there many Brits? No, they, they probably no, there weren't. Was, right, there was probably three or four of us that were getting any kind of money. Yeah. And, it, and this was like 
bear in mind, I had to do a lot of shows for this. Yeah. And that was all across Europe. Because that was still a big part of the, the kind of pro, being a pro BMX yeah. at that yeah, point, you wasn't it? Do, you had to do It was in my contract. You had to do like yeah. these events. Because that was still kind of a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so funny. I wish I could keep all this stuff. But in the contract, it was like, you must wear a jersey. Right. Nice jersey <laughs> with the sponsors on it. Seeing the sponsors logos. Um you must do X amount of demos per month. Yeah. If requested at trade shows and whatever we need you to do. But I wasn't even reading that bit. I was going straight to how much is it a month? <laughs> oh my. That means I don't have to go to work. Yeah. That is. Well, that's massive. Isn't it? And then, but the crazy thing is I'm doing this and my, my parents are like, what? you've got to bear in mind they've never been around any of this kind of stuff right no. so i'm going back to them and going yeah this company's going to pay me to ride a bike every day yeah and they're like no no that's not right give me that thing yeah yeah and they just they cannot get their heads around it and then so my dad did this deal okay so you're not going to go to work these guys are just going to pay you and yeah. i was like yeah and he was like well you've got to go to college for one day a week right that's, that's the deal the deal the parent yeah deal. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Going, if you're gonna yeah. stay under this under this roof yeah you've got to do one day a week at college the rest is up to you that's funny and uh i was like oh, at the time i was like but dad you know like yeah so good that he did that you know like it installed like the work ethic and stuff like that because yeah you need that you need that well you need you fought like in reality don't you especially at that age you know you need you need somebody to be like just remember like, i definitely needed someone to reel me in because <laughs> at that point i was just like just when you started to get your nickname <laughs> yeah <laughs> how that all came about i don't know but yeah it's 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 funny it's it's like i at that point i was like this it is happening because how old are you now so i've got to be 21 yeah so 21 traveling yeah. bmx join join every, the dots <laughs> so every, every weekend different country yeah and i mean like i will be in europe every weekend so i would be touring bart de jong and and the, the gt guys so they'd have me one weekend to be sweden next weekend to be amsterdam wherever 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 and it was phenomenal seeing all these countries so i did that for about two years and it was getting crazy it was just like the demos were just getting too much. Yeah. And I wanted to more, focus more on like going to the contest, doing that and just enjoying it a bit more because it would, it would literally be like, so well, that becomes like a job, doesn't it? It then? does become like a job. Yeah. So you're, you're like doing the demos, which would be Saturday, Sunday. So you'd fly out probably Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Do the demo Saturday, Sunday, fly home, maybe monday if you could try and blag a state a new skate park or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah fly home get home wednesday that's the day i go to college fly back out yeah that next thursday or friday and you're not really riding like how i wanted to be and like you are progressing like you are getting tricks so unlock it's insane because yeah you're doing a de every demo they want to see a backflip they I mean, want to see a tail that's whip. your thousand hours ten thousand hours right there isn't it <laughs> but it is though isn't it no, again that's another like massive cliche yeah um but but that is where it happens isn't it yeah you know, like um, that and and that's the thing i always think as well like you can have talent um and you can have an opportunity but at some point you've got to work your ass off yeah. to, to, to like make the most of that talent and the opportunity that you've yeah. been given. Yeah. 
especially in this world. So yeah. that's presumably where that kicked in, really. 100%. 100%. And, I, and I wouldn't say I was the greatest rider by any means at that point. I just... I was wanting, willing to work yeah. as hard as it took. I was willing because what you've just described there. I mean, as as kind of much of a, as a laugh that sounds. That is actually like pretty full on. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was. And like looking back on it, it was incredible because I could do backflips at, at, on the dot every time. I could do whatever trick. I was so dialed at yeah. the big tricks because I was doing them every single day, at every demo. Yeah, and uh, it it was awesome. And when you go to a contest. You weren't bothered about oh, if there was a crowd or anything. You're so used to it. It's like it, it became crazy that, that that is how it evolved. And, yeah. and it, BMX had a shift. It, it definitely had a shift where it, a lot of the, the big brands like GT and Harrow and stuff like that were getting snubbed by the, the now rider-owned companies that were starting to come up. Right. So at this point, Matt had started Hoffman and... I just wanted a break from GT. So I was still in a contract. Uh, this would be the August time. I was still in the contract from him. And I was like, okay, I need to have a break. I can't keep doing these demos. It was just getting relentless. And like, it was Wakefield time. So Wakefield Skate Park was open and everyone was, Jamie was riding there and everyone was riding there all the time. And I felt like I was, I was losing, right. Losing step to what was actually going on. Okay. And uh, I was like, to GT, I've got to stop. I've got to get off this wheel. You know, right. like I've got to break something for me to progress. And they were like, "Uh, yeah, but I think you'd be better off with us." Blah blah blah. And I just took a break from it, bought a bike, and just stepped away from GT. Probably the best thing I ever did because right. for me. And then that January starting started riding off my bikes, and then away we go. Next stage. Yeah, it definitely was. And then going to america and riding and i was riding wakefield skate park every day at that point as well which was yeah. absolutely phenomenal and then um at that point was when i got a deal from uh vans which was amazing well i mean that's still a massive so uh, yeah. i mean you still you yeah, still vans like, aren't you i mean yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. it's like it's still it's still a massive association isn't it it's so funny it's like again i go back to my parents is it's like um they, i remember my mum saying so they're gonna pay you to wear shoes <laughs> and i'm like yeah 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 and she's, what that doesn't make any sense yeah how, how does that work I, yeah how does that work <laughs> and i was like yeah but and she was like well you must have to do a lot of shows and stuff for that and i was like no no it's just it's a it's a deal i'm like and then the shoes started coming but this is funny is because Emma was working at Vans at the time. Me and Emma were friends and Emma would send me tons of the sample shoes. Yeah. And it was like, I would get boxes and boxes of Vans showing up going, sample shoes. And I was like, this is sick. Are your sample size? Yeah. Uh, I, I hate you people. <laughs> and, <laughs> when mate, you're size 11. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, mate. oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. And it was, it was so good. It was so good. And, and Vans, even to this day, have been so good to me. Yeah. Like, well, they're so loyal, you know, as a company. I think it's really worth saying that because they're one of the only companies that is, that really do seem to stick with people that have got, that have got heritage with them. You mate, know, it, it is phenomenal how, how good they are. Yeah. Even to this day, send they still send me stuff. Yeah, I, I've always been really impressed that they the way that they manage that because it is it isn't common. I don't think you know. And again, it's like a bit of a 
bit of a theme isn't it that like in the industry there's always a bit of conversation about like well how much should people be supported like after their careers are over or whatever yeah, yeah, or yeah, you yeah. know all that that yeah no and, it, and but um, they they seem to get it right i i always think yeah they're they're bang on with it and that you know like they they are that brand they've got the heritage mm. the full lineage of of skating and bmx all the way back to day dot yeah know? and that yeah they they support the guys they're always on it on it with the new guys they're not in and out they've never been in and out of the scene they've no. always been in it yeah no they've always managed it well yeah yeah and it's it's really from videos you know back in the day for us they were the ones doing ads with us yeah which was such a big thing to do an ad for them was like uh, it was such an honor for me to to go and do ads that it was so good like working with jasper is like the design guy then you'd like come up with a concept and i'll be all about it you know yeah like, yeah yeah and it's just i've even got one framed in in the kitchen just because yeah for me that was such an honor to do you know like yeah 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 well so, you meant you mentioned one one thing that just struck me then when you could see so you mentioned like bmx changed you mm -hmm. know like so you said that obviously the original bigger companies were getting sort of slightly challenged by the rider own companies yeah. and stuff so did you notice that in the uk as well like yeah. did you notice like the scene because one of the, one of the things I've always really thought about BMX, I don't really know anything about like the the global scene, but from the British scene, like one of the things that's always sort of struck me is like how seriously people that make it take supporting the British scene. Yeah. Like it. Like and then everyone does that to a certain extent in skate and snow, but in BMX it almost seems to be like part of the deal. Really, you've got you've got to give back to the scene. Yeah, one hundred percent, and it. I think in BMX there's a lot of loyalty. Yeah. Uh, from from my generation, 100%, there was a lot more loyalty. Obviously, that's changed now because obviously contracts a lot more money, diff different things have changed. But definitely loyalty was a big part of it. I, I know that is for me, myself, is like, is loyalty is a huge thing. If, if someone's been there for you, you should support that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, of, I don't know camaraderie and and from them brands and and supporting you and like we it's been a journey for all of us yeah a life journey of of going through all this madness you know like, yeah 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 and it's it's good it's it's really interesting to see how it's changing now of with the new generation not to jump forward too yeah much, but, but no it's interesting topic isn't it what are you noticing then it's it's definitely it's definitely changing because obviously there's a big thing of like street riding park riding and then like all the other mix like there's uh all these new bowl riders um but obviously the olympics thing is getting so much exposure yeah and like for me that i don't think the action sports were ready for the exposure that came from that it's it's really interesting to see like BMX skate and BMX. I don't think BMX was ready for really? the amount of exposure that it, it really got. That's really interesting, that. Because it was funny chatting to Ed about it, and I'd just like to say before I go, what Ed did at the Olympics is phenomenal. Yeah, no, he's, he, he, he was it, brilliant. Yeah. I, I can't I can't believe it. He is a machine. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you, yeah, you were with him, didn't you? So and it, and it yeah, you had like, a ringside seat to the to the engine. <laughs> his brain is phenomenal. He is yeah. a machine. He he he's a yeah, he is a he's a grafter. 
He's like, a fucking Trojan, that boy. Li- li- literally, <laughs> I was in awe of it every day. Yeah. Like, to do... Well, like, I, can I just say on that point, and yeah. we are totally going down a rabbit hole, but like, what was also... Because obviously me and Ed are such good mates, and I think that was like his... It's like he's like six Olympics or something, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. eighth yeah. Olympics or something. Like you know, he's done a lot of them now. Yeah, and 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 I was chatting to him quite a lot over the over the Olympics, and he was like, "Yeah, this is really hard because we haven't got producers that we used to have." Because basically, yeah. they, they it was done much cheaper, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. put bluntly. Yeah. So he, so he's like doing skate, surf, BMX. And then he was also doing a few other things, I think. So BMX racing. Yeah. So that was two. BMX climbing freestyle. did he do as well? Climbing. Yeah. Skateboarding. Skateboard bowl. Skateboard street. Yeah. Like all those disciplines. No no production support from what I could tell, really. You know, yeah, no, there is some production support. Yeah. But it's not like he's getting a... Or you as well. Like, it's not like you're getting like a fucking dossier every day <laughs> where people are going like... No. He's we, had me, to and Ed, do, me and Ed worked on a lot, lot of stuff. He's had to good. do... He, you know, he had to do all that himself, basically, yeah. and carry the responsibility of being the person that's trying to convey that stuff on the BBC at the end of the day. You know, yeah. but obviously that's why he brought you in, because he he wanted you to help him do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, oh, the yeah, sto- yeah, yeah. tell the story in the right way, yeah. if you know yeah. what I mean. Like, no, 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 totally, totally. And it, uh, like I say, is I was honestly in awe of it, because it is so shattering. Yeah. Honestly, Matt, like doing that, I, I wasn't aware of how much exposure you get from that. Yeah. It really opened my eyes because it's just say, for example, right? So I was in it for a small glimpse. I just did one thing yeah. of the dis- discipline, which is BMX Park, right? So my phone went bananas yeah. after it. And I'm driving home and I was shattered. And I was driving thinking, oh my God, I've only done one. Yeah, Ed's, Ed's halfway through. <laughs> yeah, how is he doing this? And I pull into the garage, and the and the and I'm looking at all the papers, and Charlotte is on every single. Paper. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then a guy that was working in the garage was like, amazing that one, it the BMX thing, it's amazing. Yeah, I loved it, loved it, loved what you guys did. And I was like thinking. Do I know this guy? <laughs> yeah, right. And no, like, it really cut through, didn't it? That yeah, like it massively did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was another interesting thing about about it as well. And we'll, I'll get, I want to get back to the point that you made about BMX not almost not being ready for that exposure. But one yeah. thing that I would say is like because of her success, yeah. and and obviously then in skate, Sky Brown, yeah. Um, but obviously in surf, we didn't have that thing to put it. So surf got a bit sidelined almost you didn't have a uk person. you didn't have the uk story did you you no. know and even climb a bit because shauna didn't do that well like right. even climb got a bit but bmx because i remember like the next day you know putting on the radio and she was like everywhere wasn't she you know <laughs> it like was and and also the, so other, the other good thing about that was the story wasn't it you know the fact that it was a ready-made because they lo- they they love that Oh, they all like each other. You know, they love that, don't they? Yeah. Like in the mainstream. Yeah, and so it's it, like, wow, these people actually like each other. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And it, like, it just it just seems so weird because basically that was a BMX event that same as any other BMX event. Yeah. Obviously, take it take it out of the take the Olympic hat off, yeah. take all that off. It was a skate park where all them rode and the winner came out. It's just a normal it's just a yeah. Yeah. Just normal. a comp that you've been to a thousand times. Exactly. That yeah. we'd all been to. Everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. It's an amazing time. Some people rode their socks off. Some people had bad, bad day. But 
for me, it was just like, oh, that was amazing. Charlotte smashed it. Yeah. It was just like, because I, kn- obviously, hearing through the grapevine, you know what she, what she could do. Yeah. And you're hearing that she's got the 360 flip, blah, blah, blah. And then she does it. Total fairy tale. Yeah. But that is so Jamie. Like, I was watching it unfold, seeing it's Beswick all over. Yeah. This is Jamie going, nah, you got this. You got this. Yeah. Just do, just do you. And like, I've seen Jamie do that a thousand times, you know, like, and uh, for her to do it. And then the explosion of BMX the next day was insane. Like, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. You Can I just say, you guys did a really good job of communicating how important what she did was. Because like it's so hard to convey that stuff isn't it you know like it to, to a mainstream audience it's so because yeah. ultimately what you're saying to people is like no honestly this is really fucking hard <laughs> and you know yeah. once you get past like a backflip they're like oh well it's just somebody spinning around yeah you know, at the end of the, so yeah. but i thought you guys did a really brilliant Thanks. job of yeah. of like actually communicating you know what it meant to to, to you guys yeah. in a way that the mainstream people could could understand you know because as well, you've got to keep your composure. And Ed, Ed taught me all these things. It's like... Well, he's, he's had his moments, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's so... He's learned the hard way. Bloody good at it. <laughs> he's so bloody good at it. And it's like, you've got to keep your composure because inside, I am wanted to punch the ceiling. Uh, you wanted to get Amy Fuller on the yeah, blur. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to go mad because what was going down was crazy. It was so crazy. And we're in this booth and I'm high-fiving Ed through the glass. Because obviously, COVID, you're in the glass room and it was just like, what she did was insane. And equally, what Declan did was yeah. equally as insane. Yeah. Because, like, he kept his composure, he rode, and he rode his socks off and pulled everything super clean. And he got a bronze medal. And, and like, Ed was like, at the start of this, he was like, it might go a little mad if we get a medal. Yeah. And I was like, well, Charlotte could medal and Declan's, he's in, he's in the fight. And then like, when Charlotte did that, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then, Declan did that and it's just like, bang! The table gets flipped upside down because everyone's instantly like, whoa, what is this BMX thing? Do you think that, because, everyone's had a bike and this is going to sound like such a sort of dickish way of putting it but do you think that's why it was easier for people to latch on to that story because everybody in the world really is well you know like that's just that's probably a silly way of putting it but like you know in this most people in our country have ridden a bike everyone's you know, ridden a bike they, and, they, they, and, they, they and they understand the, the basics of it so yeah do you think that's why it was like an easy a, a story that translated a bit more easily to the mainstream yeah so relatable because from Every, everybody's at least tried to ride a bike. Yeah. You know, so they can relate. Oh my God, they just did a backflip on a bike. Yeah. And what, like, that's... What, what, one of, what I was going to say is one of the things I noticed... I'm going to get shit now for interrupting you. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. No, no, no. Um, no, it's a, stand, a running gag. I'm always getting told <laughs> off for interrupting guests. Um, one of the things I really noticed was the mainstream coverage of it lacked that... Have you seen these fucking weirdos? You know, you know like whenever, yeah. whenever, like you know, when Billy won bronze and Jenny yeah, won yeah, bronze, yeah, it was yeah. still very much like. And finally, the wacky snowboarders, you know, like and yeah. even skate as well. 
But yeah. BMX was treated a bit more respectfully, I thought, by by the mainstream. It was like they seemed to get it a bit more. It was good because what was really nice as well is a long way out. I was once I talked it through with Ed, and he was like, "I want you to talk it through with the main people here, right? Of what what was going down." And I, I emailed different people and through the whole thing and they really got it they really were switched on to it yeah and um i think again it's down to they've probably rode a bike so they can relate to it and obviously it's a new sport you know well obviously bmx racing's been in there before but the freestyle element is definitely a new sport same with skating yeah it was like they were all all ears all eyes on the new sport and it was really good to see so what what's the impact been then for BMX? Do you cause do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Because obviously, I think it's, it can't. It can, this obviously there's going to be people that say to me. I, I've had people say to me, I don't think it's a good thing. That's their opinion, and they're they're entitled to that. But for me, it it can't be nothing but good. Yeah, it exposes BMX to people that would never have seen it before. There was millions of people saw BMX on that day when they turned on the TV or turned on their computer, turned on, opened up a paper. Yeah. It was everywhere. BMX was everywhere that day. Yeah. And the problem being is BMX was, wasn't totally in tune with the Olympic thing. Right. Because they're, they're focusing on street riding or whatever, trying to, that's the cool element of it. When the reality is the Olympic thing was getting more exposure for BMX than anything's ever done or ever will. So, what well, as in, so people saw it as a, oh well, that's that thing over here that's going to happen, and almost Correct. put it over there, yeah, and didn't actually appreciate the level of exposure and impact it was going to have. So, do you think? Correct. I mean, that's really interesting. So, do you think in whenever it's four years, three years, three years, three years, now, years yeah? It? Do you think people will approach it much differently then? Definitely, there's going to be a lot more media exposure to BMX, hundred yeah. percent, because obviously they saw. They saw how many people watched it. They've seen all that stuff. And I, I know, you know, I've, I've seen emails back and forth of, of the viewing figures for it and it was high. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Do you think Do you think it will... Well, two questions, actually. Was it judged like a normal BMX event? Yeah, 100%. Everything was exactly the same. So it, was, so it wasn't like a snowboardy scenario where everyone's like... Because the argument in snowboarding is basically like that it's led... The Olympics has led snowboarding down a progressive a progression sort of cul-de-sac really because yeah. it's because it's promoted spin to win yeah i'm, I'm putting this so but, i'm putting no, no, this no. very it's, crudely it's, it's, you know it's like exactly the same in and 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 like you know that that divergence of like well here's what it is like and here's yeah. where style is important and progression and like the culture of of what we do which is obviously a big yeah. theme of our conversation and then the Olympics has come in and there's almost like a separate branch has gone off that everybody kind of every four years has to acknowledge. And that the progression at that side of things is kind of frowned upon really. Yeah. You know, like, no, no, and you're right, yeah. so, so is that, do you think that will affect BMX in a similar way? hundred percent. De definitely. Like you can see it in skating and in BMX, I'm sure in snowboarding, it's the same thing. It's like, kind of frowned upon it's been very jockey-ish yeah to be a part of that but i just think you can still go and ride street yeah you can still go and hit 
powder, you can still go and skate a bowl. With the Olympics happening or not, it just means that there'll be someone that gets funding and creates stuff. We are going to get three uh, BMX parks in this country, which will be phenomenal for you to go and ride at. There'll be money. There's now money for racing yeah. that would never have come before. Yeah, which just has to be. And when it's a basically a grassroots culture, you need parks, you need people coming yeah. in. Yeah. Then that has to be a good thing, yeah, doesn't and it? Yeah, just, and it justifies it to parents. Yeah. The buying of the bike. Yeah. No, uh, that's actually a really interesting point. And I think, I think that's also where snowboarding not suffers but because snowboarding is just so removed from day-to-day life here because obviously these days parents take the kids to skate parks and yeah. they and they they see it day-to-day and, they, and now it's on tv so like it will it is basically seen as a positive thing really isn't it you know generally i, I, I would like to think so obviously you're gonna get the people that think this is shit why is it getting all this no, i think people see it as a really positive thing i, I hope so i, I hope think so i think it's it's just really interesting to get your perspective because obviously you've you know you've seen it all really over the years like you've seen every kind of evolution of bmx and bmx culture and you know you had a ringside seat to this being there and 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 basically being in a position to shape how people see it you know Um, and for me that that was why i really wanted to do that and that's why i spoke to ed about it it was like that was really important to me is because i don't i didn't want to be that guy that went the olympics they did they did a shit job. They didn't do this. They didn't yeah. do that. That's not me. I want to go down and go, Ed. I, I I was willing to just go down and say, Ed, if you need a hand, if you, because, you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to want, I'd love to have done that. Yeah. And that was my dream is to do that. But I was willing to help Ed because I've I known Ed. For, we go back, Ed, Ed yeah. we were doing Red Bull demos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it like tours with the Red Bull vert ramp for years. Yeah. With Ed, so I, I knew him and I said to him, listen, if you need any kind of help with this whatsoever, I'm here for you, you know, like, and I, wa- I wanted it to come across as being good. I wanted BMX to, ha- there was so many questions and, and the BBC did ask me those questions of like, sh- how should this be done? How, how should they? it, yeah, oh, yeah, and how it was good. laid out. And it, that's good to hear. You know, like none of this high zoo action and stuff like that. And obviously Ed knows his shit, you yeah. know, he knows he knows what to tell them and they're going to listen to Ed and he knows how to word it correctly. And obviously they were asking me questions and I, I put it to them and, and they really listened. And it, I think that really came across Yeah. because a lot of people said to me, even core industry people that were like, wow, that, that came across really well. Yeah. And I was like, kind of like felt stoked on that because that's what we wanted to do. Well, they're your peers as well, aren't they? Exactly. You know, exactly they're they're yeah. the people you've always we've yeah. always wanted to <laughs> you know they, yeah they, no, it's, import, true. it's true. important that though isn't it because yeah. that, that, that's the, the scenes do police themselves ultimately yeah. and yeah. that's why this is so interesting because you've suddenly got this enormous influence the biggest influence in the sporting world yeah. suddenly on the scene you know that is i think you're right you know i've always yeah you know, at this point you have to be pragmatic about it yeah. you know you can't that bird has flown basically yeah it is it is here it is happening you might as well try and influence it in the right way i i I, I, that's my view anyway yeah no no i'm I'm glad that it is like that because 
I was I was really worried that it was going to come off. This is high zoo action from the BMX <laughs> park. No, I, you it, know, it, and I, I was it, just like, yeah, this it, this is this is it. And obviously Tim's there; he's wording it right. He was and, good as well. Yeah, re- really, really he, good. He had a good Olympics. Yeah, he, he, he definitely did. I think the shirts were a master stroke <laughs> as well. <laughs> and he was he was so good. And on honestly, for my experience of it was phenomenal. I I would yeah. Well, that's the next question. Like, how how did you find it? Mate, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. And for me, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the like the love and support we were getting like from people, people I hadn't seen since school. Yeah, right. Like that. Obviously, I disappeared from yeah from Chester, and they were, you know, but they got shocked. Yeah, <laughs> like people messaging me like through social media, going, "I can't believe it. You've come a long way since riding that ramp in the middle of nowhere." And it's like, it, it's funny, isn't it? It takes something like that before that it legitimizes BMX. Like, yeah, you you know you can have contests all over the world, you yeah. can have big prize money, all this, but to your average bod, BMX in the Olympics is suddenly legitimized by having it on the BBC. Yeah, I know, and it, in a way, it's there's something quite a bit sad about that. I don't, I mean, like, no, 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 and uh, but but equally. It's also if you can if you can do it as successfully as you guys managed to do with conveying BMX in the right way, then it's it's a good thing. Yeah, it's and it, when it's when it's done badly that <laughs> we've got problems, isn't it? You and it, it's it's funny, it's funny, like because it it could easily have gone bad. Yeah, but that's why I was so stoked to be a part of him and Ed again. <laughs> Honestly. How he did that many sports, I do not know. Honestly, no, I, I was I was blown away. Really, I mean, I know he fought me even doing this. <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, like to. I mean, it's different interviewing you because we're friends, obviously. But like, you know, it it's just it's just a lot of mental bandwidth, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like to to actually have to kind of keep that much information in your head, and even doing these sometimes I get a bit stressed with it. Like, yeah, yeah, me- yeah. you know I what I mean? Imagine. Like, yeah, no. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, so, for, so to see him operate on that level of, yeah, it's, well, he's, he's endlessly impressive like that, isn't he? Anyway, that's enough, Ed. You can, <laughs> no, you're still a but, dick. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, you know, we've kind of fast forwarded obviously a lot and it's, it's a good way into like where you are now. Cause yeah. Because you kind of your pro career, you know, yeah. Like, we're, we're, are we in like the official? Like, oh aftermath? yeah, yeah, that, most definitely. Yeah. For for me, like, now I love riding my bike. Yeah. I like love not being a part of having to worry about the latest tricks or any of that. I just love going to the skate park and yeah. And th- again, that that's another good thing of the Olympic thing is like parents come over and now would definitely be a bit standoffish at the skate park because they're like oh yeah it's i don't know i don't know my for me my face they've seen it on the tv that they, they, it's more approachable i guess yeah and i've definitely that for me has been a positive is people coming up to me and going oh my son's just got into bmx is this the right bike is this 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 right and i this for me that is phenomenal like I love being able to just do that at the local park, just being there. Yeah, no, that's cool. Try this, try that. And like now that's definitely a thing that was never there before. Yeah. You know, like where, where can I get lessons? Where can I do this? Where can my kid learn to do this? Yeah. And 
that was never a thing before. And for, and for me, like, I really love having that element of it and not having to worry about being a team manager, being all that. Because obviously the, the team manager thing was great for me being in the, in the industry, but that's that's helped me now doing the job now with Emma and the music thing yeah. is because instead of getting riders to a ramp, I'm just getting them to a stage. <laughs> Artists to a stage. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, same same sort of skill set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you was it was it a tricky transition though, or did you always think you would just end up going down this road? Like, because obviously you guys are such a tight team, and Emma's Emma's thing's been like flying for years now. Yeah. Um. Did did you? Because it is a tricky one, isn't it? Like for people that have had that have had a like the career that you had as a as a pro rider, like and to sort of. Yeah, and and like that path that you took, team management, you know, that yeah. is a bit of a classic as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it it is a tricky one, um, and there's not a lot you, of yeah. There's not a lot of like, have you thought about what you might do next kind of thing going on? Is there? You know, you just have to sort of work it out yourself. You so did you did, did you find that? But again, like tricky but, or yeah, definitely. And it's like it. That's back to the work ethic that I believe that we all installed in ourselves when yeah. we were kids, like the hustle to go to the next to the park and do all that is what's kept us going for the next thing for the next thing for the next thing and it's like most definitely like that installed my work ethic for sure like and uh it was never a thing like starting off when emma first started the business is like right well that's going to be my next goal yeah it totally wasn't that it was like i'm just going to keep doing this working in the industry doing a little bits and bits and bats and that helping emma out a little bit at glastonbury or whatever when she needed it but now that's done a whole thing where i'm i'm all all chips are into that yeah you know into, into the business now because we're working for something that we're both into and it's yeah it's it's that was never well, a you, choice but you've been on the sharp end of of this whole situation haven't you because i remember seeing you was it about a year ago when i saw you on the beach when i was surfing yeah. and like yeah, that was you you were, you were definitely in the thick of like what the fuck's gonna happen here yeah and I, I said just, to you so just time. to set the scene like john and emma run a i mean it's like a live events company essentially yeah production right? company yeah and yeah. and like do the pyramid stage at glastonbury right yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. that's right yeah. isn't it mercury and, music prize yeah you know it's like a proper it's yeah. no, no small thing let's put it that way yeah yeah um but yeah and you you definitely you know at that point when we had a chat you were like yeah i don't even know what's gonna happen here you no. know no and we we were genuinely thinking hell what is gonna happen yeah is is live music ever gonna come back is this ever gonna be a thing again you know and i said to you at the time i was just like what am i gonna do i even had a spout at amazon I was driving forklifts because obviously, you know, working with Emma, I, I've learned to drive all the, all the plant, you know, lifting stuff on and off stages, just doing all that, you know, to make the production happen. And uh, so I had a forklift license. So the only people that are hiring at the time, because I was thinking, hell, this is, this is dire needs. Because at this point, no one was getting any money. No, or, well, you, you just didn't get any support in your industry, did you? None, none. So it was, a, it was panic station. So I was just like, right. Let's go Amazon. That is an inexperience in itself. No, I've got a mate who's been doing that. And <laughs> oh hello, Elliot, if you're listening, and it does not sound fun. <laughs> it is mad. <laughs> it is mad. Because uh, you have to hire your van, don't you? Yeah, that is crazy. I was I was fortunate because I was in the warehouse. Yeah, I was classed as white glove, which meant uh, I would 
deal with TVs, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and taking it on and off trucks. Because of my history with the music thing, tip it, loading and tipping trucks, that's what we do and sort out. So I kind of had a, a brief idea of what I was doing with that. So yeah, I went straight to that. And, and when I saw you, that was that's what I just started. And that was fucking shit that time of year though. Because I remember it was like, they just, we knew there was another lockdown coming. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I think it was like November won it. And I remember yeah. being like, fucking hell, this winter's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it really was. It, it was, was. It was. It was, it was rubbish. Yeah. And it, yeah. isn't it funny now though, like if we all had crystal balls, we, I would have been like, Sorry, I'm buying a surfboard. I want to be out there with you guys. I know. Because was... I was sat there on the wall watching everyone surfing. I was like, this is, this is, because we were getting kicked out of skate parks at that point. Yeah. Well, you weren't supposed to surf either, I don't think. Really. Was you not, really? No. But I mean, at that point, I was like, I mean, come on, really? Yeah. Like, what harm are you doing out yeah. there? But it's coming back, though. So that so your business is, is, is it, basically back. It's. We sound pretty busy. Yeah. We have not stopped. So, you know, when I was in that state, when I saw you last year, I was just like, me and Emma said to ourselves, we're never going to complain ever again about being busy. Yeah. And like, we're at now at that point and it's just like, bang, 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 bang. And it is phenomenal. It is great. And we're really, really enjoying it. And it's, it's great to be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, Glastonbury is on next year. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. So yeah. No, God, but you can't fucking wait. Nah. Jesus. To be back. That, that whole show is probably the craziest thing ever. It's just so fun to be at. And yeah. How, how Emma does what she does is she comes into a whole new world there when she's there. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing to see. And it's the best show in the world. Yeah. When, you, when yeah. you're seeing it and you're there and it's, it's yeah, it's amazing to see. Yeah. So how are you feeling about um, UK BMX at the minute then? It's it's in a good place for sure. It, it's just funny, like how now a lot of it's Instagram based, which is it's very strange because that's got to be so hard to market anything, because it's it's, it's relentless. Yeah, <laughs> like it seems twenty four seven. There's no like campaign to do stuff, and and like all I hear is shipping charges and nightmares with shipping to get products and yeah. stuff like that it's just it's just a tough game to be in yeah in any, any any kind of industry like that it's 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 tough but here's the beauty of it kids always want to have fun you know people want to go down to the skate park it's the skate parks now have never been so busy you know like it's it's so funny like seeing young girls that are into skating that look like sky brown and like girls that ride bmx that look like charlotte and it's just like it's so cool to see yeah you know their influence is coming through you know like yeah definitely and also like the the influence on progression i mean i don't know what it's like in bmx but in skate and snowboarding now it's like christ almighty <laughs> you know like what basically children are doing <laughs> yeah it's see the thing with bmx is you've got to have quite a a strong body to be able to do a lot of the tricks sure like the bikes are super light now yes but you still got you could you, i don't think you could be like a 12 year old boy and be able to do right you know or 12 year old person be able to do a lot of the pro level tricks which is is, is interesting to see but um yeah because what charlotte did to go back to that yes yeah. 
it takes a lot of gymnastic skill. Yeah, yeah, one. of course, yeah. Power and to be able to do it over a ramp that big. Yeah. To make yourself go over the ramp that big is it's big. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of accrued experience has gone into that, isn't there? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just funny. And it what what is also cool to see is is definitely like the um, fast and loose approach, which is a group of guys that travel around going to all the crazy pools and like uh, skate parks, like the Black Pearl Skate Park and all them ones in Oregon and, and doing crazy stuff. And they're doing a film with vans at the moment. And they did they won um, video of the year, Fast and Loose won video of the year. And it's that's another genre of BMX that's like kind of coming out, which everyone seems really into at the moment which is super cool to see right and uh I like seeing that because it's it, that's a new progression of it yeah 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 because it felt like with street bmx it's, it was very much copying skateboarding copying skateboarding to the point where really yeah it, it was it was de definitely copying too much skateboarding like in what way well the videos the video style will copy it and it was not intentionally it would just be they were heavily influenced by street skating so that's the spots they'd ride and sure come up with that and it's what get me into bmx was going fast and jumping big stuff yeah and there's just not that element in street riding right obviously there's the big rails there's big stair sets but um i think riding the pools and the and the big skate parks it gives you that that kind of element to focus in on and, and follow you know yeah so i had a quick chat with jono um before this <laughs> right and he, and he was like asking about the backyard jams right okay because yeah, he, yeah. he was like it was so important and when you look back now yeah that that was the start of the whole jam thing is like i don't think there's ever crowds now at an event yeah that's what he was saying he was like when you look back it was actually massive and he yeah. was kind of saying like it it almost put put the scene on the map really that, definitely would definitely, you agree yeah 100 percent, yeah and and the crowds that there's i don't know what the figures were but it was definitely in the thousands which you trouble you'd find it hard to get people that that amount of people to turn up for an event now which is sad to think but i guess social media scores that because well oh, i don't need to drive to that because such and such will put it live stream it on their instagram or whatever but at the time, you had to be there. Yeah. There was no question about it. You were going to the jam. You were going to the backyard jam. If it was in Hastings or wherever it was, you were going to it. The carnage, you were about the whole <laughs> lifestyle that was going with it, you know? Like, because you knew that was going to be a, it's a festival kind of vibe that went with it. And that's what people want to do. How much are you riding at the minute then? still ride all the time. Like, I try... That's my little exercise and my escape from the world is yeah, going yeah. down there. Like, I definitely, I tr I'd love to be able to say every day, but it's not every single day. Like, the moment weather's getting a bit crap, but the level's always lit. Were you in, were you like involved when the level got redone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to I, the meetings were in the pub next door. Yeah, because <laughs> I know you know Richie Green, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. Richie was involved as well. Yeah, yeah, he was heavily involved. Yeah. yeah. So, was that like? A challenge to sort of get what you ended what, what we ended up with down yeah, there i'm sure he said to you the same it was it was it's very hard because when you go to these council things they don't understand your passion for this and you, 
they obviously there's a thought in their head thinking well they're not financially gaining by this yeah why would they have any interest in making it good why are they doing this yeah why, why are they, are they doing yeah. this and they don't understand the passion that goes with what we do yeah so it's it's very hard to convey that to them but going to all the meetings it it shows them that you're actually interested in doing this and doing something decent for the community and uh yeah it was good it was really good to to be involved with it and and see it evolve into what it is now now it's it's way oversubscribed it needs to be double that i know it's it, it is so mobbed. I mean, whenever I go, I'm like strictly 7 a.m. crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you've got to, haven't you? How crazy is that? Like, you've got to go there. But here's, here's the thing that, that blows my mind. And I'm hoping that, going back to the Olympic thing, I'm hoping that with the Olympic thing, that will now get funding, hopefully, that if that was a football court or basketball court and there was that many people on it, all hours of the day, yeah. they would build another. Two. It was. It wouldn't be a big deal, would it? It just. It'd be just oh, like, well, let's we'll find, build two more. Let's find the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Actually, yeah, because I think they try to redevelop the lagoon, aren't they? Yeah, that the that will help. And uh, they're building a pump track over by Asda's, you know, down the marina. Oh, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're building right. one there. Uh, so hopefully that will free up a bit of thing. But yeah, I just think it'd be nice just to get a little more little bit more space at the level maybe build like a liver plaza bit or something like that or olympic bowl would be amazing yeah yeah right <laughs> you, you know do you know what i mean like yeah. this is this is where hopefully that these kind of things will come in like i would love to think they could build a, a an olympic bmx park yeah you, you know like well, but i mean like you said what one of the interesting things about what happened this year is you just know there'll be people like in uk sport yeah. We were looking at it and going like, we need to give them money, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and because they just won a medal. Like, yeah. Because that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. And and that was when I was there, there was so much talk about that in the media of, yeah. of what was actually going down because technically BMX won four medals. Yeah. Which is like massive when you Huge. think about like Huge. all those sports who've had so much fucking money pumped into him that have done yeah. nothing you yeah, know, yeah, really. yeah 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 it's, I mean, it's mad that's the other interesting thing about the influence of um things like skate bmx snow on on that whole thing though isn't it because yeah. it is shifting the way that sport is perceived ultimately in yeah. this in this country because you know the idea now that you it's almost laughable to think how much money something like skeleton for example <laughs> gets and i'm yeah. not trying to bag that no no I no, do, no I not do, at all but when you compare it to like you're talking about like the number of kids at the fucking level every I know, day, I know. And then the fact that there's and that you know like it's it's actually quite mad, isn't it? Well, you know? figure, figure this: if you rode down here, right, and you got the tennis courts, the tennis courts. I drive drive or ride past that tennis court all the time. It's probably one or two people in that. You could lose the lagoon and the level in that tennis court, right? Yeah. And yet there's four people on it. If that was a skate park it would be absolutely Packed. mobbed yeah no it's and it, that's for me it's, i'm sure as time goes on it will evolve where we do get you know probably in the 80s that was an olympic size uh tennis court where everyone went yeah you know there's the tennis court up there it's tennis courts everywhere but now as time goes on i'm hoping that that will be seen the level will be seen as oh well we need to build an olympic pool and an olympic yeah, bmx yeah. i'm hoping that, that that is the case because it definitely seems like there's that seismic change to help these sports which 
hopefully, you know, like, why can't they build like indoor snow domes and stuff like that? That yeah, well, I think I think with wave pools, I think with um, I think there's going to be more indoor places being built. I think I think it is gonna we're going to see more and more of it. You know, they're building a new wave in London. Are they really? Yeah, they're building one in East London. Same as one in Bristol. I mean, yeah. you know, that'll be transformative. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're going to start seeing more and more of it, really. Which Hopefully, because again, it's an Olympic sport, so why shouldn't it have backing and funding? You know? Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, I'm gonna we're gonna end it with the classic, one of the classics, which is um, what what when you look back, what now, what stands out? Like, just if I ask you that question, something to sum it up, your involvement in this world, like what leaps to mind? I'd like I'd like to think that um, people would get from BMX what I have got. I would love to think that every kid that got into BMX got some kind of experience that I had, that they have been able to see and meet people from around the world that would they can learn from, and it gives them so much life lessons, and you learn so much from BMX and all these action sports that I would like to think that every kid could get a little chance of being able to get a sample of action sports from whatever genre it may be. Yeah, because, I mean, the story you've just told is like, it's shaped your life, hasn't it? 100%. From... I, wouldn't have met, I wouldn't have met Emma yeah. unless I was in, in, into this. Oh, is that my... <laughs> right. This is like technology. <laughs> talking at you Alexa will start golf and going off in a minute like, um, fuck off watch <laughs> but yeah no my my whole life has been been this you know like bikes has shaped my whole life and I'd love to think that if you kids get into BMX they they can go wherever they want you know and like for me it opened up so many doors and being able to, for me to do so many crazy things just because I had an interest in that as a kid. Yeah. And the same for yourself. You yeah, know, no, like... I totally, I mean, you've summed it up really nicely. Because um, that is what it gives you, isn't it? At the end of the day, like it's, yeah, you have the experience of the act of doing it, which is obviously amazing and which we're all still doing um, to whatever degree. But it isn't really that. Is I mean, you know, that's what this whole podcast is about. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's not, it's not just about the actual thing. Like, <laughs> no, it's a lifestyle that comes with it. Yeah. And how we've, you know, I, I, would, I would, that was the one thing that I would hope that everyone could have a little taste of some kind of like freedom that it can bring and the people that they can meet from it. Well, it's, it's a way of seeing the world, friend. isn't it? You know, yeah. that's what it gives you. Mm. Like it gives you the... Yeah. And it gives you a s support mechanism to be able to go and have friends to that are like-minded to be able to go to them places or go and do that trick or make that Instagram clip where you might not know anybody that skates or rides a bike or, or snowboards or rock climbs or whatever. But by going to do that sport, you meet them people and they could become life friends, you know, yeah. like, and be that support mechanism that some people may need. Mm. Mate. That's great. Thanks, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. 
So there you go. That was me and John Taylor, and I hope you enjoyed it. I had such a laugh doing that one with John. Thank you, John and Emma, for the peerless hospitality. And to John for being such a brilliant co-conspirator in that conversation. As usual, you can find full show notes to this one at my website, www w.wearelookingsideways.com although I must admit the show notes have been getting a little bit tardy of late just because there's not enough hours in the day really Um, and as usual I'll also be posting some extra insights more photography all the rest over at Instagram where you can find me at we look sideways incidentally it is the looking sideways podcast looking sideways is an Instagram handle had gone I had to go for We Look Sideways. That doesn't mean that the podcast is called We Look Sideways. It's called Looking Sideways because I get loads of people saying, hey, I love We Look Sideways. But, you know, whatevs, really. All right, housekeeping corner time. And if you're a newcomer who wasn't put off by the length of that intro, this is the part of the podcast for the diehards, the regulars, those who stay for the bit end and usually join me in saying a hearty thank fuck they've gone to all the part-timers who've usually switched off by this point well more fool ma incidentally if you're wondering what on earth kind of presenting style this is slagging people off who actually listen to the podcast i'm sure you'll get used to it and if you've stuck with me this far then welcome you are amongst friends so it's book update time and yeah the second print run of looking sideways volume one is now out and available through my website thank you so much to everybody who bought the first print run and enabled us to put print run two into practice in the words of london surf film festival organizer chris nelson who just wrote a bloody amazing piece on the book for their website looking sideways volume one this is chris feeds my unrelenting appetite for surf stories travel and culture This beautiful book stirs the waters and the wanderlust, but it's more than that. It's a testament to friendship and collaboration, which was amazing to read because obviously that was completely where me and Owen were coming from with the whole thing. That seems to be what people have got out of the project and the book itself. And that's all you can really ask for, isn't it? That you do a piece of creative work and people actually interpret in the way that you intended. So thanks, Chris. That really made my day that. Um, Yeah, you know, we are heading into buy more shit or we're all fucked season also known as Black Friday and Christmas. Um, And let's be honest, we all do buy a lot of shit during this time for people, especially mid-December when you're like, oh God, I've not bought anything for so-and-so. I would like to humbly suggest that our book makes the perfect gift of substance for that surf skate and snow-loving person in your life, or even you, if you've been hedging your bets and haven't yet bitten the bullet. And there's a lot of regular listeners who did mention to me that they were going to buy the book and who haven't yet bought the book. Um, Not that I'm keeping notes or anything, but, you know, if that's you, Print Run 2 is flying out the door and this will be the last run we'll do of this book. So if you're in the game, then get it done. Head on over to the site and click the button marked book. Um, I will be running a discount code for the book for my loyal newsletter subscribers in the last, sorry, in the next few weeks. You can subscribe to the newsletter over at my website, www.wearelookingsideways.com. The way the newsletter works is every fortnight for Americans, that's two weeks. I do 10 things from the world of action sports that I think you would be interested in every other two weeks or fortnight if you get in with it. I do a blog from either me or a guest. The last blog I did was by me. It was called 10 Things I've Learned About Interviewing, which to be honest, I kind of did as a bit of an afterthought because I had a few spare hours and I was kind of on one and thought I'd just write it and then I completely forgot about it and then the other week I was like oh yeah I wrote that 
I'll put that on the newsletter. And that went down amazingly well. People seem to really, really like that. Um, you can find that by heading to my website where there's a link to newsletter. And you can read it. You don't have to sign up, all that stuff. You know, anyway, fill your boots. Speaking of the London Surf Film Festival, as I've mentioned before, I'm proud to be a member of the jury for this year's event, especially because I'm alongside people I've got huge admiration for, such as Sean Doherty, Lauren Hill, Chris McLean, and Steve England, amongst others, um, all of whom have been on the show in the past. And those chats you can hear by scrolling down through the archive on the website. Anyway, the event is taking place on the first weekend of December. I'll be there on Saturday the 4th probably for most of the day, I'm taking part in a panel discussion about storytelling in action sports, which I'm looking forward to. I think we're going to talk a lot about the book. Um, not sure about the full details yet, but keep an eye on my Instagram, where I'll no doubt will be posting, sharing and all the rest as you do. And if you're there, come say hello. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks, John, for doing the show. Thanks, Owen, for doing the pics. And thank you for listening. Nice one.